Hey everyone and welcome to the 93rd episode of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hello guys. Oh, we've been invaded. Brandon's here. Yes, Ooh. I'm here. Is this my first time? Uh, I don't know actually, is it? I have no idea. Well, I think, I think we had that one emergency E3 podcast last time. Maybe. I, yeah. Maybe that counts? Second, oh, that would count. That would definitely It's the count. second invasion. Second oh, invasion, yeah. yes, of Kingdom Hearts Union into the Final Fantasy Union. Woo! They heard all <laughs> this, all the bad stuff we were saying about them, and they decided to attack back. It's okay. It's okay. Wait, we, we didn't say anything bad. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 love, we love our Final Fantasies just as much as any old buddies. So. And we love our Kingdom Hearts. You know, it was interesting. On the last episode, the person who did the quiz was saying that they got into Final Fantasy because of Kingdom Hearts. So, yeah. wow, yeah, I guess that yeah. does that does seem to happen a lot. Just because Kingdom Hearts does sort of uh, it, it hits for a lower you know, age bracket than uh, than Final Fantasy does generally. So, I guess they sort of graduate into Final Fantasy. Well, I'm guessing for the newer Kingdom Hearts games, it's not so. Yeah, good for that since they it's, don't really have any Final Fantasy. That's anymore. very true. Um, um, unless they like a mobile, and ugh, what a horrible way to, what a horrible way to play. Anyway, so um, yeah, Brandon's on the show to talk about E3. Uh, Kingdom Hearts had a great showing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe from so, your perspective, from so, our perspectives, um, we're still a little, we're still a little teary eyed. So uh, yeah, we've got a, a big discussion about E3, like a, a post mortem on the whole show, mm-hmm. and um, then we've got the quiz. Yes, the quiz is back. Sweet. So as always, Final Fantasy Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network and TweaksMusic.com. It comes out on the iTunes Store, FinalFantasyUnion.com, and GamingUnion.net. And I would like to thank everyone who has contributed to Patreon so far. We're now to thirteen patrons. So if you're one of those 13, thank you ever so much for supporting us. And if you aren't, well, thanks for listening anyway. You know, we're glad you really enjoy the shows. And if you want to kind of donate the $1 a show, um, feel free. You know, it it goes to a worthy cause uh, of keeping the shows running and paying for the hosting and everything. So, you know, if you can't afford it, that's that's, that's perfectly fine. But if you can, feel free. It's just go to patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. We love you either way. We love you. (laughs) So E3. Yay. We had the show, well, Kingdom Hearts Union came out slap bang in the middle of it, right? Yes, it did. Thankfully for us, most of the uh, the shotgun of news came out beforehand. So it's actually kind of funny because we had a, a very general E3 discussion as well. And not only did we cover the stuff that was released uh, prior to E3, uh, between the three of us on the show, we basically predicted most of the big announcements of E3. <laughs> you know not not that we're like super prognosticators or anything it's just a lot had leaked at that point so it was like mm-hmm. yeah and i guess like obvious. these days like the companies are preempting the leaks now yes. so they're releasing yeah. all their stuff before e3 oh yeah yeah lots yeah. of lots of news and square enix did a lot as well mm-hmm. square enix was just like churning out but churning they, de- out. they definitely were i would say square enix was definitely one of the few companies that was definitely holding a few big punches uh, mm. Especially from yeah. the fan perspective, not to spoil anything from later, but still. <laughs> so yeah, E three was obviously four days long. You got the first day, which was all the press conferences, and then you've got the main show for the next three days when all the news comes out. Um, so, what do you guys think about the press conferences? Were you, were you pleased with how Microsoft and Sony and all the other guys performed? Um, yeah, I I actually was really surprised with uh, Microsoft. I mean, like, well, you 
guys kind of know that I'm a Sony fangirl, but um, Microsoft really sort of pulled themselves up from their prior conferences where they focused more so on the um, you like can watch TV, TV type sports, stuff. Sports, yeah. TV. Yeah, like, I, I mean, they really they really listened and i think that was a good sign um they showed pretty much only video game trailers and video game focused stuff through the entire thing which yeah. i think was just it, well, it was what i wanted i mean i didn't really you know and sunset overdrive just looks so awesome i think it's um, like the big thing because obviously like the, the massive change for xbox between this year and last year is the the head has changed mm. so it's gone from don matrick who was very corporate mm. always kind of showing up wearing his suit at the conferences with his slick back hair and all that kind of stuff yeah and now you've got phil spencer i believe who's just like tweeting stuff during the show <laughs> um like i think just before he went on he just tweeted let's do this literally a second before he walked out on stage like, <laughs> yeah and exactly. you know i think he was wearing like a t-shirt or something like he just he just wants the gamers to know that that Microsoft kind of care about them, and I think yeah, definitely a man of the people. Yeah, I think they they realised that they kind of screwed up a bit. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they, need they, a show they have to kind of bring it around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, what do you think, Brandon? How do you feel about the the Microsoft and Sony conferences? Uh, I gotta say, at least with uh with Microsoft, it was definitely uh a good conference for them. I honestly thought they're. E3 conference last year was also pretty good, but I say that this one definitely was uh, qu- the dogs. quite quite a bit better. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of CG, sadly, um, but I think that's I don't think that's something really uh, bad necessarily specifically to Microsoft. I think that's something of a trend within the industry right now that overall there's a lot of games in development and no one's ready. Um, I think that's yeah. kind of the overall theme we're sort of getting out of e3 this year yeah, uh, like but i think had i think for what they, they want to talk about yeah but exactly. they couldn't really show anything exactly i think for for what they did show pretty good stuff I, I like the games that are in development uh especially speaking towards sunset overdrive i have to say uh as far as games go microsoft does have the best first party uh stuff coming out at the end of the year you know so long as sunset overdrive makes it this year um, yeah if they if they can make that, uh, which is definitely getting harder these days um, to hit anything in fall, but if they can make that, I would say Microsoft definitely is standing in a prettier position uh, than Sony, at least in the short term this year. Um, mm. Yeah, I think Sony's conference was quite strange in that perspective because mm-hmm. last year, obviously, they had like the big uh, announcements. Um, like They really had a lot of momentum with the PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this year, it was just... It kind of went back to how it was a couple of years ago, where they just it was just it just ticked boxes. Yeah, yeah. Like it didn't really inspire. Like Vita basically wasn't even shown yep. at all. Yeah, and that was one of the most disappointing things. Vita's a companion device now. Yeah, no, it's a, I think it's really disappointing for the the PlayStation Vita owners because exactly you know Sony promised so much support. They said you know we're not going to do like the PlayStation Portable. This is going to be like a big thing. We're going to have lots of like exclusive games, and it's basically turned into yeah, it's just a, a companion device for the PlayStation Three and PlayStation Four. Yeah. Whereas most of the games are coming out on all the platforms. So like if you want it on Vita, great, but you've probably got one of the other systems anyway, so you don't really need to. It's a very yeah. it's a very strange approach because that's that's the story here in North America, but it's sort of like the opposite story in Japan where Vita is definitely one of the higher selling consoles and there's a lot of really popular games coming out on it. Um, yeah. 
So isn't that there's that uh, Freedom Wars game that's coming out yeah. very soon? That's a really big deal in Japan, and from all reports I've heard, really awesome game. And at least for Sony, they're it seems like they're sort of concealing to the fact that handheld games, specifically uh, specific handheld devices, aren't doing so well. They're not doing anything to stop that. I think they're yeah. just trying yeah, to it's make like companion the whole, devices. Like, chicken and egg kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Where you know that. The, the 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 Vita probably isn't doing as well as they want, but they're doing mm. nothing to try and change that. It's just kind of yeah. like, well, if it does well on its own, then we might support it. But otherwise, it's kind of a system that they have for the sake of having it, and and like it is working quite well. Like you know, the, the um, 10 HD mm-hmm. did pretty well on it, yep. um, but there's not really enough experiences at all. Like there are games there if you want to really look. Yes, yes. But there's nothing that kind of just thinks, you know what? I really want a Vita. Yeah, yeah, specifically, I need a Vita and not a PS4. But it's just kind of the same thing because, like, you know, the the thing I took out of the the conference is really yeah, there's a lot of CG, yeah. um, and like the lineup for the year is is looking pretty bare, really. Especially yeah. if you're yeah. like a PlayStation Four and Xbox One owner, like, there's not too much to get excited for. Like, mm. everyone's kind of holding back, and it's the same for Square Enix as well. You know, they said beforehand, no fi- no fifteen, no Kingdom Hearts three. Mm. Like, we yeah. just we just don't want to talk about it. and Which, in a way, I kind of agree with them. I mean, like, they probably wouldn't have had much else to show anyway. But it's like, I think from my perspective, and we're kind of jumping into this now, so we might as well just go full bear with Final Fantasy XV, which <laughs> had a complete no-show. Yeah. Um, and we pre- well, I predicted it beforehand in terms of it anyway, because, you know, they, they showed off that footage in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at best they were going to show the same footage again and then Hashimoto pretty much just came out and said nope nope not even that (laughs) yeah Um, but I I guess it's just disappointing because you know it's it's been eight years now since it was announced and it doesn't seem like they're any closer and from what people are saying it's probably not going to come out until 2016 because Mm -hmm. I think the the feeling is that Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to come out first out of the two I don't know (laughs) it's really hard to say a lot of people are saying oh, that's probably 2017 at best. Oh dear, I don't yeah. know. From our from our perspective, it seems uh, the opposite. That, but yeah, with Final Fantasy 15 coming out 2016, Kingdom Hearts 3 coming later. I think uh, part of sort of similar to Sony, how they're doing nothing to stop public perception. Uh, I think Square Enix has do has been doing that with Final Fantasy Versus 13 and now 15 the whole time because they announced it in 2006 when they weren't committed to developing it. They really started developing, you could say, maybe around 2009, 2010 with some prototypes on the white engine and crystal tools that yep. ended up getting scrapped. Then there was some Luminous Studio development. There was the 20, 2011 version of it. Then somewhere in that mix, it was ported to PC and targeted for next gen. And now, as far as I I would guess, personally, I think they're porting it to current gen consoles, and that's why they're not ready. Um mm. But yeah, as far as like public perception goes, it's to them it seems like they have been developing this game for almost 10 years. The reality is uh, most of that time was very uh, very troubled development and very limited development. Most of the quote-unquote development went to 13, the proper 13. Yeah, uh, which obviously had its pr- problems as well. Which exactly. Which really impacted on what was then versus 13. Exactly. Yeah. There exactly. was no way that when they announced... 13 they were expecting it to take like another three years yeah um, yeah so it's basically square enix's duke nukem uh, yeah it's it's it, their it, duke nukem well, at yeah. this point 
which is literally what happened to Duke Nukem was it it was announced way too early but they actually did show a prototype of the original Duke Nukem 3D and it just kept changing engines and changing engines yeah because it was it was one of those things where it was just like well we could add this this is coming up well why don't we add this this will be really cool which is why I just sort of think like you know maybe they should just take the sort of persona route and just just get it released yeah yeah there's definitely something to learn from Atlas is that you don't need to go full full balls to the wall in terms of graphical fidelity and still make a good game. Uh, yeah, Square, I, I guess Square Enix has definitely not learned that quite yet. Yeah, I guess they've always had that problem because like, especially with the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 era, yep. Square Enix were known as a graphics powerhouse. Like yep. They had the, the Hawaii-LA studio that was yep. specifically there. For, for the production of high-end visuals. Like, yeah. no other game development studio was even anywhere near to them. And they've really just kind of fallen off. Yeah. But, you know, that's just what happens. Like, you can't stay on top for, for um, forever. And yeah, people are going to catch up. I think, you know, it was part of the whole shift between Japan and the West and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, we did have some comments from the uh, from the community about this. So we have uh, Chris Pargalati. Chris Pargalati. I'm going to say. Sorry if I've said that wrong. But, um, said, Do you believe it was a mistake not to show Final Fantasy 15, Or do you think there was more of a strategic move as in the past people have been claiming, uh, complaining about Square Enix releasing too much information like Lightning Returns where you know, if, if you guys remember with Lightning Returns they pretty much unveiled the entire story before the mm. game came out. There, there was yeah. literally nothing to get excited for because we knew every single character that was returning. We knew what their motives were. It was just kind of like, well, what are we even playing anymore? Because there's nothing left for us to try and find out for ourselves. Yeah. Whereas I think Versus and now 15, they've shown almost nothing. Like, we know the protagonist. Yeah. We now know, like, the, the ensemble cast, but we know almost nothing about them. Yeah. And that's pretty much all we know. Yeah. yeah After eight years. There's really yeah. not much. Though I, I I can't say that this is a sign that they've changed. It's more of a sign that they're still too early because they could still go Change out. Because yeah. once once they have their game ready to go, uh, in our previous Kingdom Hearts Union uh, episode, we were actually looking at the uh, uh, press uh the press timeline for Kingdom Hearts 2, what they were showing, what was representative of final gameplay. And it basically got to a point around TGS 2005, which was the last big press conference before release. At that point, it was very clear that most of the game was done and they didn't have to cherry pick certain uh, talking point uh, footage. You know, oh, we have this drive form. We have this drive form. No, they have basically almost all the game done. Pick all the best scenes. Let's throw it in a trailer. They're not <laughs> want for footage anymore. They can just talk about everything at that point. And uh, at least historically speaking, that's exactly what that team did uh, with Kingdom Hearts 2. And I don't know. It is technically the same team. So maybe hopefully they won't do the same thing marketing wise. I guess like in the past, yeah. we saw with 13 as well, like they initially drip fed everything. All we knew yeah. was that the protagonist is called Lightning, but like we had that initial trailer. Yeah, Snow. Snow kind of came maybe six months after, and everyone yeah. was like, is that really his name? Okay. Yeah, which I found funny. Um, and then like it wasn't until quite a while later they started kind of coming out with the different characters and, and that was kind of back in the day when the western PR side were just really not interested in Final Fantasy as well so mm-hmm. all the information was drip fed from Japan so you'd have all the translations where yeah. people were trying to figure out what their names were yeah. and what they could possibly be in the western game 
Um, I remember when they, like Team Nora got announced and everyone was like, oh, what are their names? I don't know. Uh, it could be this, could be that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to say, uh, as far as, um, you know, press releases, uh, you know, going from the uh, from the east to the west, they have gotten a lot better with that because uh, I've definitely noticed – uh, even when trailers come out of Tokyo Game Show and they're specifically mm-hmm. in yeah. Japanese, pretty much the next day, the next night, it'll be out on the uh, Square Enix North America YouTube page. There'll most likely be subtitles there or at least some text saying this is not final footage. The final game will have English text or yeah, something. Cause, I mean, even yeah, because I mean, even for Type-Zero, when yep. like that was getting trailers out of TGS, like the Western PR were just like, yep, here's a subtitle trailer. You're not getting it. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. have as this anyway know. as penance. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I don't really think it was a mistake that it was. I wasn't too surprised when they said they were going to show it. I don't think so. It, yeah. I mean, it's weird because obviously we know what happened. Um, and we're going to get onto that in a bit. But Square Enix doesn't typically anymore. Like since they merged with IDOS, they they and maybe it's changing now that they've got uh, the new chairman CEO. Um, but Wada was very much E three is for Western games. TGS is for Japanese games. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really see that there was much value, apart from doing massive announcements, mm-hmm. in, in doing that much for Japanese games at E3 because, like, in his opinion, it wasn't the, it wasn't the market, which is completely the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, but like, that's, I guess in the, in the past, past couple of years, we haven't really seen anything. And, and although we didn't go to E3 this year, from what I understand, the, the Square Enix booth was pretty much empty. Like there was nothing there because they had nothing to show. It was like you got theatre them. They had like the Kingdom Hearts two point five. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of booths for that. There was like a a big arena in the center of uh, a lot of uh, PCs uh, playing Final Fantasy fourteen, A Realm Reborn. There's some Leviathan mm. uh, fight there that a lot of people were uh, competing in. Yeah, uh, didn't Churro Churro got it? Didn't yeah, he? Churro. Uh, some people from uh, Kingdom Hearts Insider. Uh, they were together f- fighting Leviathan, and I think they did it three times and died every time. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So the next comment we had about Final Fantasy 15 was uh, from Derwin Hughes, and he asked, um, since 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3 were both absent, which future conference do you think they'll be revealing themselves again at? Well, at least with uh, Final Fantasy XV, the comment that uh, Hashimoto gave was that uh, they're preparing information for conferences after E3 2014, whereas with Kingdom Hearts 3, they specifically said, uh, we're we're not ready to reveal it right now, which would make Mm. it sound like since, I mean... Conferences after E3 2014 could be any conference after E3 2014, but... I personally think it'll probably be Tokyo Game Show. Uh, also, back in the Thailand uh, Comic Con, whatever thing uh, that Hashimoto was asked. Indonesia. Uh, it was. I'm pretty sure it was Thailand. Oh, oh. We, we can check. Oh. We can check. <laughs> I'm Switzerland. South, Southeast Asian country Comic Con uh, <laughs> that Hashimoto was at. Uh, he specifically referenced Tokyo when talking about, oh, by the way, there are other conferences besides E3, not to mention uh, San Diego Comic-Con, Gamescom, and uh, Tokyo Game Show. See you in Tokyo or something like that. Yeah. It, 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 there's some weird reference to Tokyo in there. I don't know if that's tipping Maybe his it, hand. Yeah, well, it might be because yeah. like the people in that country could feasibly go to the Tokyo Game Show. Yeah, yeah that could also be that, Which I, so it's hard to say. I don't know. Like, they might... Um, I- I'm kind of hoping maybe they'll do another thing like they did this year with um, Square Enix Presents. Because mm-hmm. I guess it wouldn't... Um, 
Well, it's weird because, like, you know, they did it for E3. Why wouldn't they do it for Tokyo Game Show? I, I guess with the Tokyo Game Show, it'd be a bit weird because, like, the world watches E3. Yes. And yeah. a, a lot of people speak English. Yeah. Not too many people speak Japanese. And, like, I guess it... But they, they did could, they have could, Japanese. They could sub it, yeah. They did have Japanese-only um, things. They, yeah, they have Japanese-only Yeah, events. they have Japanese-only segments in uh guess, presents but it, know, it's like, yeah it's definitely a very different press conference it's not mm-hmm. a press conference that's necessarily on the world stage and tokyo game show itself has changed a lot over the years yeah. uh square enix is probably one of the last bastions for AAA games uh that still goes to tokyo game show yeah and, and even there like the only reason they used to go is because yuwada uh sorry yuichi wada was like the on the board of directors for the tokyo yeah. game show <laughs> so it was a big deal back then yeah. Um, but like, so, I mean, apart from them, there's Konami making uh, Metal Gear. Konami and then, love the Tokyo Game Show. There's yeah. them, and then apart from them, there's not much else. Capcom, Capcom, Capcom has nothing. I don't know about. Well, I don't know what Tecmo is releasing. There's always a Dynasty Warriors game. Oh mm-hmm. well, always. Aren't, aren't they w- yeah, working on uh, Hyrule Warriors? Well, I guess yes, in Japan it would already be out by then. Um, yeah, I guess Gamescom's a weird. Gamescom and TGS are always a bit weird as well because they're yeah. consumer shows too. Like, there's there's press there, obviously, but E3 yeah. is the only one that's press only. I'm guessing yes. Gamescom is just going to have pretty much similar stuff to what they had at E3. So they're going to have um, Final Fantasy 14 maybe, and maybe I, I don't Kingdom know. Hearts 2.5. I don't think Square Enix really have a massive focus at Gamescom that often. It's usually the Western stuff, like on a bigger scale, but they don't really have anything to talk about. Mm. I think I usually think... whatever they show at Com- Comic Con, they usually just ship it over to gamescom yeah because the whole thing about gamescom as well is that companies only really make announcements if it's sony focused because Mm -hmm. gamescom is set in europe and and europe is 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 very much a sony territory yeah like people still like xbox there but like they don't really make big announcements like you know that's where they announced that mass effect was going to the playstation 3 and like all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like it's it's where they it's where sony and other companies make big sony announcements yeah. So unless Square Enix have got something big to say, like, we're not releasing an Xbox One anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's probably not going to happen. Like, yeah. Game, Gamescom is uh, in the middle of the summer, or is when exactly August. is Yeah, August. it's like okay. late summer. So yeah. if it's August, I, I don't know that Square would pick that particular conference, you know... Yeah, it's like a, apart it's like from a three, Tokyo four Game weeks Show before t- TGS. Yeah, so I would say they'd probably like, say, "Hey, we've got three weeks. Let's polish up this trailer a little more." Or you let's don't actually think even like a playable demo or anything. Not at Gamescom. No? <sighs> no. no. TGS, they might do. Like that's where they did the first playable demo for Lightning. Uh, sorry, for Final Fantasy Thirteen, mm-hmm. and they showed off the like the Versus Thirteen stuff there, which mm-hmm. I saw and was very embarrassed for them about. Yeah. Oh, no. I would say if they ever release a demo, it's either going to happen first at E3 or TGS. Those are mm. really the only two big ones they still go to. But yeah, so um, aside from the disappointment that was 15 not showing up, um, <laughs> there was the big announcement, which yes. I I had, had strongly hoped would happen. Mm, um, same. So it wasn't announced at any of the press conferences, which was, I think was a massive miss for them. Like They could have at least had it in the Sony conference. Yeah. But during the uh, the Square Enix Presents, uh, I think it was on the first day, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Square Enix announced that Type-0 is coming to the West, as well as Final Fantasy Gito, and which we, well, we say, I say we, I predicted. <laughs> um, what I didn't necessarily predict was that, although I got a Gito coming to iPhone Android, because that makes sense, they can just direct port it. Yep. I don't think anyone saw that they were going to announce Type-0 for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. No. I, I think it's the only time we've ever seen a PSP game get 
uh, yeah, what's have you lost then, the way? Yeah, that's then, pretty. I I think personally, and and the reason why it's not going to Vita, I think, is a the big word of the uh, past few months is market share. Yeah, Vita doesn't have it. PS4 and Xbox One will have it by yeah. the time they're ready to release. I think also, that's literally all it is. It's it's a massive stopgap for 15 as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very big. Very big, like, yeah. I think, is... obviously, Square Enix are wanting people to invest in those platforms so that Definitely. when they get there, they're, they're kind of, they've had their taste buds yeah. kind of wetted for Final Fantasy 15. Exactly. Um, so it makes sense for them to do that. The whole thing was that Sony announced that it was coming to the PlayStation Vita. Yeah. And everyone got so <laughs> oh, confused God. about the whole thing. And yeah. Everyone, and then Square Enix kind of had to clarify, and then Sony had to clarify, and like, that was a massive mess up because everyone was yeah. so excited about the fact it was coming to the Vita. Yeah. Because that's what everyone thought it was going to do. Like, it makes sense. PSP, Vita, both handheld systems. Yeah. Of course it's going to the Vita. It's going through remote play, guys. Yeah. 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 Which is true. I mean, like, that's what everybody was sort of saying. They were just getting all upset. And then I was just kind of thinking, well, technically, you <laughs> yeah. could still play it through <laughs> remote play, it. guys. And, you know, by then, because uh, there's no release date yet, right? They just kind of said it's happening. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's happening. No, no year, no date. nothing. Yeah, which means it will probably come out next year. I do wonder how it's going to look, though. I I think that's the big question because they're they're saying it's an HD version. Yeah. Um, but what does that really mean? Well, yeah. what what is um a KH two point five HD remix? That refresh my memory. That's only coming out on PS three, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, that's only PS three. How how does so, that visually look like? Birth like by birth sleep. by sleep. I mean, at the moment, it's looking pretty nice. So yeah, as far as like that particular port, they're not really doing anything too special uh, visually. They're just uprising stuff and uh, updating textures. There's no mm. new lighting, no new shading. Uh, because it's I think pretty much just updating the graphics they already bit, have. A bit the concern. I mean, we had one comment from Benny Chen who says, "Since Tub Zero is a PSP game, will the HD upgrade actually hold up on the PlayStation Four and Xbox One? Like, is we've kind of got used to it with the HD remakes on PlayStation Three, kind of because mm-hmm. they're from like PS One games, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But they actually look kind of decent, and some of them they they do kind of hold up. Like some of them look really bad, but some yeah. of them look pretty good. Since this is a PS Four now, like this is a PSP game. Yeah. And up until now, PSP games have been ported onto the PS3, HD remix. Mm. With the PS4 and Xbox One, the graphical fidelity in 2015, is it it going to be, like, ridiculous? I don't think so. I I think it's literally going to be just an HD port. Though, I I gotta say, this particular game seems like it would be difficult uh, to port over due to the graphical style being a lot more gritty and a mm. lot of the textures have all this gritty detail on the PSP that's very compressed, which is a lot different than what they had to do uh, with Birth by Sleep, updating that to the PS3, where a lot of the textures are smooth paintings, and if you stretch them out, you don't really lose much of the detail. It scales really well. It's that whole classic debate between stylized graphics and realistic graphics, how stylized always holds up a little bit better. This one yeah. definitely yeah. seems challenging. Uh, I w- I've been watching uh, some people playing uh, Type-0 in HD uh, with a PSP emulator, and it it doesn't look as great when you automatically throw it in HD like Birth by Sleep and all the PS2 games look automatically amazing when you just up the resolution. Uh, yeah. They're going to have a lot of texture work to do yeah, if I mean, they're going to do I any. Mean, it's a bit like uh, Type-0 came out like a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, they're, they're going to have like two years, two and a half years, because they've been working on it. Like, yeah. 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 So, I mean, maybe they will do a lot more to kind of bring it up to speed and make it a bit more comparable with other games that are coming out. Yeah. Well, because yeah. as far as I know, it's the only thing so far that's an HD collection on the PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, and I would say good news, but this is only speculation. The, the nice thing about it being a sort of a recent game uh, when they were developing it for the PSP, you don't develop your assets to be on the PSP. When when you're modeling a character, you're not modeling the PSP version of it. You're modeling a nice, high-quality, pretty version. Those are the ones that you see in the renders uh, that Square Enix puts out, all the bull shots. And then they make a lower-quality, crappy version, and that's what goes <laughs> into the game. They compress it after the fact is what I'm getting at. So yeah. they, since it's a more recent title, they probably still have access to all the original uh, source assets that they can work with. So they can probably... They can probably do it justice going from the source assets they already have and just tweaking them to work on uh, PS4 and Xbox One, I'm thinking, hopefully. Although it also has to kind of be said about um, the the poor timing amongst the fan translation. (laughs) That was horrible. I just, Uh. like, I sort of... I mean, there's a part of me that sort of thinks, like, you know, I understand why people are pissed off with Square, for that, mm. but then I also sort of think they must have known that they were doing it for a while, like, and they were waiting for E3 to announce it. Like, yeah. I don't think that they would be that heartless that they would just announce Type Zero right after well, like, the you know, fan it, sub came out. Square Enix is like a massive multi million pound company, they can't really worry about some fan translators' feelings if, like, yeah. E3 is like the perfect time for them to announce this. Exactly. Like, they, they could have waited for another show, like, probably, but, you know, people have been craving this for so long. Mm-hmm. Why, why not do it at that time? Like, if anything, it, the fans probably shouldn't have announced their version at the same time or try, I guess they couldn't do it any sooner. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, it's a bit of a, like, a douchebag move. But I yeah. guess the whole thing is that by it not being on the Vita, like that's the whole thing. Like if you want to play on the Vita, you can go and play the other version. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Or the PSP. Well, like PSP. Can, um... It it's so if you want to play on the portable system, you can go and play the fan version. And you know, I don't think Square yeah. Enix Square Enix aren't like stopping them from doing it, are they? No. Yeah. They haven't like done what Sega and other people have done, like with the whole Streets of Rage Five that that guy made, where um. He spent eight years making it, and then as soon as release Sega, we're just like, nope, you can't release that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not being they're not being jerks about it, which I think is which I think is a good mark on Square Enix. I mean, yeah, they could easily shut it all down and just be like, no, that's bad. But they're not. They're just saying this is our updated HD version that's going to be on PS4 and Xbox One. If you want it, mm-hmm. get it. If not, don't. But here it is. <laughs> I think yeah, the other I think the other funny thing was that shortly after the announcement you get a million voice actors being like, Hey, by the way, I'm the voice of X character, which makes it pretty clear that hey, Square Enix did the localization a long time ago. It just wasn't yeah. economically feasible to release a two yeah. UMD exactly. game on PSP after the really, Vita came out. Really, if you think about it, like with everything that they've released over the past like however many years it's been like it's been a it's been a couple years now, or how many years has it been since Type Zero was released? Type Zero in was twenty eleven, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so a few it's been years, three years ish. And like you know, 
they they had to take the time in order to get the voice actors together. So this, the, like, yeah, it well, definitely the fact that was they all not. Just come out all at once. Yeah, we, I know. <laughs> oh wait, let's get a bunch of voice actors together. Come on, we have to do this. We have to beat the suburbs. Well, we spoke about it last episode, didn't we? Whereas like Tabata was just saying, yeah, the localization was complete. It was just logistics yeah. issues yeah. that prevented mm-hmm. us from releasing it. But then it's also, if you think about it, like, I mean, if they had released this sooner, like, mm-hmm. while sort of um, Lightning Returns was going on, I mean, granted, you know, Lightning Returns didn't do that well anyway, but, like, they really need to, they had so many other games that they were, like, releasing during that time period that mm-hmm. it would have taken away from them. Yeah, I mean, my, my only concern with it, and this is a, kind of a drive to you fans out there, um, now that they've announced this, buy it because if you don't they yeah. will see that as justification for like yeah well clearly they're not interested like we won't do this kind exactly. of stuff anymore and yeah. uh, and especially with the new ceo um you know he's he's clearly said in his statements that that's the kind of games they want to be making more of um and i know that it's like a pretty cliched thing whereas if you you got to buy it to make sure they make more of them because really should they buy something that's good or not yeah but from what I understand, like everyone who's played Type Zero, I think it's it's a traditional Final Fantasy experience, and it is definitely the most Final Fantasy Final Fantasy game they've released in many a long years. Time. It yeah. has a world map and airships. <laughs> that's, that's like that's reason enough. That is need. the key difference. Also, this these airships are like Star Fox. You can fight in the airships. It's over the world map, like the legit <laughs> world map. It's so cool. And Why didn't so they ever think characters. of doing that before? That's like the most obvious idea. That they was like Kingdom Hearts, right? Yeah, they did. Well, this is a gummy ship. You're not flying over the world. They and just like, oh, baby look, steps, Brandon. I'm baby steps. The world. <laughs> I don't baby know. steps. So know. the other weird thing that happened during <laughs> E3 was that they actually announced another game that's completely new, but they didn't announce it at E3. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, they sort of yeah, did weird things I, I with that. Quite, maybe this is like hands not talking to each other or something, or maybe it's completely intentional, but they basically announced a new game for the 3DS called Final Fantasy Explorers, which it seems like a, a nice Final Fantasy game. Like mm. it's it's Because of the 3DS, it's got that kind of Four Heroes of Light, Bravely Default art style. Yeah. Um, and people are kind of saying that it might be a kind of spiritual successor to Crystal Chronicles, but they're not really sure. But it was announced... In Japan, mm-hmm. during E3, I think it was by Jump Magazine or, or Famitsu? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it was, yeah, actually, yeah, it was originally Jump. Jump featured the um, the four warriors, so the um, uh, they featured four of the job classes. I think it was Knight, um, Monk, uh, Black Mage, White Mage. They featured the little character people. Yeah, so the, I think they've now announced there's going to be more than 20 jobs. Yeah, something like um, that. And it's going to play a bit more like um, Final Fantasy. Well, from what, we're see- what we've are what we seen so far, like, this is mainly assumptions, but it's going to play a lot like Final Fantasy 11 or 14. A lot mm-hmm. of people were sort of saying, like, oh, this sounds kind of like Monster Hunter, but it's, like, more so yeah. you have hunting logs and all this sort of stuff, and then... So, like, 12. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, but, yeah, you, you also have, like, you can fight um you can fight uh monsters and then befriend them and then have them as your <laughs> beat up the monster oh, can we be friends now please and then you can have them have them fight with you and then you can fight along with friends or you could do it all single player like it it doesn't matter but it sounds like it's going to be really interesting and i really i'm really looking forward to it actually yeah i mean the only thing at the moment is that there's no official release date for anything outside of japan it's just kind of no. been rumored 
Um, so although they the have, trademark was registered, yeah. right? So, but not that that necessarily means anything. They registered no. trademark for Heresis 13, which we all know is yeah. really available right now. Yeah, but it's the best we got, Daryl. Yeah, so that's quite positive. It's um, hope. <laughs> so that's another new game for us to, to kind of talk about and, and get excited about. Hopefully that does come over to the West and we can get really excited. Yay. Yeah, because they look really cute. Yeah, um, so the other game that we can talk about is Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. I know that we don't necessarily uh, cover that as much as the other games on the show because it's a completely different beast. Um, but there was, uh, during like, the whole Square Enix Presents thing, they did do a live letter from the producer, like they did last year. Um, and they were talking about um, changes for patch 2.3. Um, they gave a release date for that, which is the 8th of July, which is obviously great news. Um, and they talked about some of the new features coming in. So you've got the 72-player the PvP side quest around Which is just going to be like insane. That. Like, I'm just, like, picturing, like, um, when you're playing Final Fantasy XIV uh, and you're, like, in the woods and there's, like, one of those event um, uh, fates going on and then you just see white lights, <laughs> like, just from so many spells being cast. And I'm slightly worried that that's what this is going to look like. But it sounds really cool, though. I mean, like, you can play with up to 72 players. Um... I think Bigger you than can battlefield. Also, yeah. You can also do like uh I think it's like eight V eight and sixteen or eight V eight V eight or sixteen V sixteen V sixteen as well. Um but it looks it looks really cool. Um I like it because it it's like it's a PvP, but it's not one where you feel like you can be singled out like how you are in League of Legends. Like in League mm-hmm. of Legends, there's like a lot of room for like bullying and that type of stuff, which like I I sort of try to block it out um, and just kind of stay to myself. But um, I know for a lot of people, like, that really gets quite uncomfortable. But that doesn't seem what this, like, what this is like at all. Yeah, like, it seems like they've tried to make it as kind of welcoming as possible. Because I know that like, in Final Fantasy XI, like, there was PvP. I think it was Ballista. I only did it a couple of times, but it really wasn't that great. Mm. Um, so it's it's good that they've kind of taken the time to actually really think about how it's going to work and it seems like with final fantasy 14 in general now that they've launched a run reborn like that's they they seem to nail pretty much everything because they're actually thinking about what the users are wanting they're, they're completely communicating with them on a regular basis yeah and, you know they do these love letters from the producers which has been a massive hit since they started doing them yeah and they yeah like just the fact that they did them at e3 as well like it was just great yeah. i think you know that I, I, I was talking about it during the show, and, and I'm sure you, you have opinions about this as well, Brandon. Um, but like the whole um, Square Enix present things, so I think it's really great. Like mm. none of the other publishers really do anything like that. A lot of the stuff on yeah. when the show actually comes out gets filtered out through journalists and stuff like that. And and obviously that does happen with Square Enix because they're doing the interviews on all the different games stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think it's really great that they actually have a reason for fans to pay attention to them during the show. Yeah. And, like, they yeah. give, like, set schedules, like, here, we're going to do this. And they did quite cool things as well. Like, they had um, the theatrical battle between, uh, I think, like, two of the producer heads at Square Enix, <laughs> um, just to see who could come out top. Like, they they, tr- they tried to make it interactive. Definitely. I think, um, yeah, the, the Square Enix presents definitely very awesome my only slight critique uh because there is one other studio that does something similar and i think they did it a little bit better uh would be the nintendo treehouse stuff mm-hmm. um that they were doing throughout e3 the one thing that i was sort of missing there even though i really love watch most of square enix presents i would love to see more from the developers and i think that's something a little bit different about nintendo treehouse was that they were having developers 
playing the game and talking about their game. I felt personally the Square Enix Presents was a little bit too PR and a lot yeah. of people yeah. talking about talking points that they're allowed to talk about. I, I guess whereas, the big difference is Nintendo's got so much more they can talk about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they're they much, much bigger studio. They don't have, you know, sort of like um, uh, Tayasue, who did an interview for Kingdom Hearts 2.5 HD. Uh, he said uh, pretty clearly, if 2.5 HD wasn't doing well, I wouldn't be here, which would, you know, sort of say, you know, the opposite. The reason the other developers aren't here is because those other games uh-huh. are not in a good state to they're, be in. They're in the doghouse. <laughs> they're they in are. the doghouse. They're in timeout right now. So I kind of wish for more of that. And I think... Uh, these more direct um, presentations are sort of indicative of yeah, a shift in what gamers want uh, out of their interactions with game developers. They want more direct interaction. They want less hype. They want more show me something raw. You know, there's a clear mm-hmm. indication, you know, in YouTube culture that people will be willing to watch someone let's play a game for hours and hours and hours on end because that's real. You have real yeah. opinions on something. And the layer, the more layers of PR you put in between the developers, the more artificial it feels. And yeah. th- that's why when Nintendo had that one E3 where they had someone's mom be, <laughs> be the presenter, no one liked it because that felt like the most ugh, executive yeah. person that is not – I do not identify with this person at all. It's at least with like... developers, it's, there's a little bit of eye-to-eye eye there. Exactly. It's always like when um... – when people on shows, like when Jimmy Fallon has people come on, like celebrities mm-hmm. come on and play games, yep. and you're just like, oh my god, just stop playing. Face palm. <laughs> oh, this is this 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 segment. It was not made for me in mind. This is yeah. not for me. I should not be watching this. <laughs> I yeah. know. So, like, what do you guys think about E3 in general? And I mean, like, you're, t- you're saying about that kind of stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I think EA's press conference was like a really bold. Yeah. I don't know if you watched that or not. Um, I did, and. But- it, it was bold. It was. I would say it's very experimental. That's yeah. how I would call it. Because that's mm. the state all their games were in. <laughs> yeah, because like, like, you know, we were saying earlier how a lot of people were just showing CG trailers because they didn't have anything mm-hmm. to show. EA pretty much just said, this is what the games are like right now. And like we don't mm-hmm. really care. Like We don't even have release dates for these things. We don't really know what's mm-hmm. going on with them. But we just want you to know what's kind of going on. So mm-hmm. like if you didn't happen to watch the EA uh, conference, like they had the guys at Bioware just talking about the next Mass Effect game just mm-hmm. saying we're working on it here's some stuff that we've done here's some concept art like here's some animations yeah and then There's they people like, from from DICE showing Mirror's Edge and the footage looks worse than the original Mirror's yeah. Edge <laughs> <laughs> but and they're they just like showing the, the gameplay the guys from Criterion who are working on like oh, a yeah. new IP and like they, they yeah. just like pretty much just showed pre-rendered like not even that it was just like, like real early yeah. prototype mm-hmm. stuff not pre-alpha. This is just like, hey, we're figuring out what we want to make this game about. It's basically like storyboards, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I think EA is doing a lot better as well, just like in terms of connecting with fans as well. Like even outside of E3, like um, I don't know how many people are really uh, who listen are really following like The Sims 4 development. No, Lauren. No. I know. I know. <laughs> but like they're they're really they're really sort of. Um, they're really trying to invite players to just sort of check out what what new stuff they're doing. They have like trailers out like almost each month featuring Look, it's Obama new... dancing. Don't you want to play Obama <laughs> dancing? <laughs> featuring featuring like different features that they've featuring had. Featuring different features. Featuring different <laughs> things. 
like, like building houses and, and building character, characters. facial structure, their facial system. Oh my god! That you game know is that something's insane. wrong when gamers are bullying other gamers for being geeks for liking games. <laughs> it's okay. We You're we all so secretly still love the mean Sims. And I, uh, <laughs> people were, people were funny. It's quite the. I think the Sims Four part of their press conference was the one that was most controversial because it was basically just a PR lady. Well, she yeah. wasn't a PR lady, but she was basically saying, oh, these are all the new features. Um, and everyone was like, but wasn't that in the last game? Yeah, but now it's different. <laughs> There's a four in the title. Yeah, we can count to four, four, guys. <laughs> and, and we've That's got emotions, the guys. They, yeah. People remember. Laugh yeah, they, all and, you want, but then, I'm excited. Laugh until like, you die. It, it's so funny how, because EA are all about sharing between their studios, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think uh, what's like NHL is using like the new Battlefield engine and all that stuff. Yeah, and which I had... thought was weird because all the other ones are using their what the Ignite yeah. engine or something. And, but and then and then you had um, so the Sims Four talking about how the characters have like memories and emotions now, and then they mm-hmm. gone to FIFA where they're talking about players having memories and emotions now. Yeah. Uh... Basically, EA is going to be the next coming of like robots and stuff, and they're going to be <laughs> yeah, having people who are like actual people. Ooh. I would say my my only real critique for EA, I, I think the the content of their presentation was really interesting because it was so transparent. I think the uh, execution was probably a little bit too well produced and well presented for what it was it mm-hmm. seemed like we have all these visions it, it, it seemed like <laughs> it seems like they were this is how we see the the, the cuts of the people that they were showing talking and the b-roll that they were showing of the actual game footage seemed like there should have been some sort of sexy cgi in place of how they were talking about yeah. their games like they had like initially they had like the the head, like vp come out and be like oh, yeah it's gonna be amazing you know love this and then it, it definitely like, oh, seemed like they. Concept art. I mean, on paper, going into E3, they had pretty much the coolest lineup. They had Star Wars. They have Mass Effect. They have Mirror's Dragon Edge, Age. Dragon Age coming like this year. Like on paper, seemed really awesome. And then they come out and they're like, okay, like basically well, none of these well, games. Right? Uh, is it? Are they EA? I think so. I th- no, I th- that's Activision. Oh wait, yeah, no, uh, yeah. they're Titanfall. Yeah. Who Titanfall wasn't even there. Like not no. even like DLC, nothing. This completely swept that run under the rug. <laughs> didn't didn't become the next Call of Duty. Alrighty, here's yeah. the hardline. Hope you like the beta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think Jeez. overall, like I was I was pretty pleased with E three. Um it was I think it was the first time in a couple of years where I thought like I kinda wished I was there. Mm. Because yeah. it was like that. Last year, there was obviously like the big thing with the PS4 and Xbox One, and mm-hmm. this year is like the the one after. I think next year is probably going to be where it really starts coming to life with the mm-hmm. next generation yeah. stuff. Look, guys, we have the games now. Okay, <laughs> this time for real. I yeah. think that is the thing, though. I think like you always, you're always going to have that sort of teething period after mm-hmm. a big release of a console, because yeah, like it's so new that it's just that like games take a lot of time. In yeah, order to yeah. Make- Definitely. We've seen it, like we we talked about in the last show as well, in terms of like um, the the generation gaps. It, like right now, there isn't really a massive reason to own a PS4 and Xbox One mm. if you already have a PS3 and Xbox 360, because mm. there's so many cross generation games coming out. Whereas 
in the past, the only games that were really cross-generation were like sports games and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and it usually wasn't even the same build. Like they would have some yeah, other exactly. like, you know, demigod team. Okay, you work on the crappy, you know, Tony Hawk yeah. game for the PS1. Mm. Whereas now it's just like, if you want, if you have a PS4, you can buy everything on the PlayStation 4. Yeah, but yeah. it's none of it's exclusive to play. Like, there's no real in, like massive incentive to have a PlayStation Four. You can just yeah. play slightly worse games because, like, Watch Dogs, at least... for example, is like it looks okay mm-hmm. on the PlayStation Three. Yeah, yeah. Also, bear in mind that we haven't had um, a year after a console had been um, announced slash released E3 since like almost ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's that's it, when we have a Killzone Two trailer. Yeah. Oh, don't remind me. And then 2006, when reality set in. Oh yeah, BT Dubs. This is what they're actually going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Like it's weird to sort of think about like how much like uh, how well, the sort of time span that it took for um, mainly like well, PS3 to sort of pick up speed and. Um, I think it was, from my perspective, PS3 was slightly mm-hmm. different because it had the delayed release. Exactly. So, yeah. like, for for, uh, for North America, it took, like, a year, really, before it started getting into its group. For me, it was, like, five, six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least yeah. at least from my perspective, I didn't feel like the PS3 was a must-have until uh, MGS4 came out, which was two years after. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at least for the for the Xbox, you could sort of argue that a year after, you know, you get Gears of War. Xbox that's, 360 had loads. The mm-hmm. because I think... They did, but even then, they still had a lot of cross-generation stuff. They had uh, yeah. Gun and Tony Hawk American Wasteland and Madden that looked terrible. But they did and... have stuff like Elder Scrolls. Um, yeah, that was know, real. Like Dead Rising, Lost Planet. Yeah. Oh I don't my think gosh, El- Dead was Rising. Was Elder Scrolls a launch title? I thought that was 2006. Uh, it came out shortly after, I think. So, yeah, something like but that. But Dead Rising, so. like that that was like, and I know I'm only really speaking for myself here since mm-hmm. I don't really know, um, but uh, basically I was in university at just the right time for yeah. Xbox 360 because it like literally was just getting into the groove. So we had Dead Rising in one one room, Madden in another, like all this Xbox 360 game. If you hadn't said Madden, I was going to say it for you. Why? <laughs> it's, it's like, but from what I understand, I didn't go to an American university, but it's just Xbox 360, Madden, Call of Duty. Halo. Call of Duty yeah. as well. Call of Duty's kind of got later on. Call of Duty, we we had so many nights where we were just playing Call of Duty, where we would do it without the um, without the guns. We would just go on knife Knife stabs. Oh, that was great. They stole from Counter Strike. Hey, well, we had to do something to make it more interesting. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's a big tangent. Final Fantasy. That's good. Sorry, but I think I think we're missing one really really important game, the the remake we were all waiting for, Final Fantasy VII G Bike. Oh yeah! I, oh no, Daryl doesn't like that. Oh, I, I will say one one interesting tidbit about that game: it is being developed by CyberConnect Two, who are the people that Naruto. made the Dot Hack and the Naruto fighting games. That is a really amazing team making a really unamazing game. Yeah, but I think it's a cool precedent that we now have this great team sort well, of affiliated it, with Square. It's so strange because, like, why why release that now? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for one, um, yeah. and the other one, like just because. In, well, in the past, like they've already had uh, quite a few of the gold source of games released in Jap- in Japan on their phones because, like, the snowboarding game already came mm. out. I think, but now they're remaking them. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's the and difference. Also, 
Daryl, you're rolling your eyes now, but I will bet that once it comes out, you will be the one who's addicted to it. Not if I have to pay for it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He does like Come his on. free games. Come on. Right. But that, that said, I am just excited by the mere thought, you know, in my mind that one day maybe Cyber Connect 2 could make Final Fantasy VII. They could. I would trust them. I would trust them personally because I've always felt that Cyber Connect 2 has been a team that has always had to deal with hamstring budgets. You know, Naruto looks so amazing, but you can feel the budget and the time yeah. constraints that they're working under because it's it's really bad, but it looks so good. And it's really sad because all the Naruto games that aren't developed by them suck. Yeah. They really do. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Right, anyway, oh. so that's our E3 discussion. If you've got anything you want to add, feel free to put it in the comments and all that jazz. Um, we're now going to head over to the quiz, though, so um, we'll speak to you afterwards. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Hey, good, guys. Not too bad. Are you excited? Uh, yes, a little nervous, though. Uh, you, you'll be fine. I think everyone kind of gets a little bit nervous, like, no matter what it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I still remember when I was on the podcast for the first time as a host, and I was absolutely petrified. <laughs> so uh, what kind of stuff have you been up to? Um, well, video game-wise, I've actually just been uh, looking for RPGs, but playing more Civ Five than anything else. That is a big time sink. Yeah, mm. definitely. I think Lauren probably hasn't played that type of game, but, you know, she plays The Sims a lot, so she can kind of understand. Yeah. <laughs> Civ is a little bit more serious, I think. Yeah, Sorry to all the Sims players who think Sims is very serious. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... You said you were about RPGs. Like, what other RPGs have you been playing recently? Uh, recently, actually, I just restarted the Mass Effect trilogy. That's a good, uh, cool. good series. Yeah, yeah I, that's my. It's my favorite of the last, uh, you know, console cycle. How did you feel about the ending? Um, I I liked it. I'm actually replaying it now because I want to see the extended ending. So I'm going from one all the way to three, and you know, see, see, I'm you know curious to see what it is now with the extended cut. Yeah, I haven't yeah, actually ever experienced the um the newer ending. I, uh, I've only seen the uh, the controversial one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. Yeah. So um, moving on to Final Fantasy, like when did you start playing? What was your first game? Um, well, I actually started playing uh, on the NES. I actually borrowed it from like a good friend of mine at the time. Um, and like when it so came way out, back, yeah, way in, way back in '87 or '86, whenever it came out over here. Yeah, that's a long time before I started playing. But then again, <laughs> I'm from Europe, and we didn't get any of the games because Square hated us. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool though so um yeah, yeah you, you, so i guess you played final fantasy one two and three would have been for you yeah well i played one i didn't play two and i actually played two and three on an like a like emulation like you know the actual two and three for the nes and i did play yeah. the, the the three remake on the ds but um i've actually never beaten two but i have played it yeah that's cool i, I think two is probably one of the the strangest ones in terms of like it's so like, in terms of how the mechanics work I think it's so much different to all the other games yeah it's that was weird it was it was easy to abuse if I remember you could just kind of like mm-hmm. let your guys get beat up on and then power them <laughs> yeah, up yeah you just and, attack yourself yeah it made no sense <laughs> oh, I've just cast lighting on myself I now have more health points yeah yay <laughs> and magic resistance perfect um, so um, like with, with regards to kind of what's been going on recently, did you did you follow E3 much? Were you kind of glued to what was going on? Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I just love all video games, but yeah, I watched all the the E3 coverage. Somehow, you know, when all was said and done, Nintendo had me the most excited, just because like mm-hmm. there's other games I want for the other systems, but Nintendo has like four or five games that I definitely want to play, 
And that's kind of what I want for the other systems, too. There's like three or four games I'm going to play, but Nintendo, I mean, they just had like the most stuff that I want to play myself. Yeah, I think yeah, it's definitely. like, you know, Nintendo really works in their favor when they, because they don't rely so much on the third parties. So, kind of when they are releasing a game, it's, you have to have it on a Nintendo platform. I guess the other ones at the moment are very much third party. It's on every single generation known to man. Yeah, and yeah. that's, I mean, like, the Nintendo, it should, should just be, like, the Nintendo machine, because I'm going to want to play Mario, going to want Zelda, Pikmin, like, there's that core franchise, Metroid, I'm going to want to play those games, so. Yeah, definitely. You are not alone. Yeah. No, definitely not. Yeah, if the screams are any indication... Yeah. I think that yeah. was like the biggest reaction I've seen out of people. I've, I've experienced it firsthand. Like you go to a Sony conference and a Microsoft conference, and you get a few whoops and hollers, and yeah. uh, you get some claps. Yeah. And then you go to a Nintendo conference, and they announced like an old friend. I I think when I, I it was when Kid Icarus was announced as like being remade, and like the entire place started screaming, and like I swear people <laughs> started crying out of, out of sheer joy. And it's like these are supposed to be like hardened journalists who are just like yeah. result that like they just turn into little like little children it's in their hearts they're still that five-year-old <laughs> yeah it's that like nintendo magic man everyone grew up with it the so magic. it's like everyone loves yeah. to see that stuff although I, i'll rephrase that not necessarily five-year-old they're still like the 14 and 15 year olds yeah. it could have been five could have been five yeah that's true it's true <laughs> i was i think i was five or six when i first played my my when i played my first mario game so yeah me too around there yeah yeah, I was really young when I first played Mario. Well, anyway, before we dive into the quiz itself, are you feeling suitably prepared? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. I've been playing for a long time, so we'll just see how I do. Well, if you haven't listened to the quiz before, here are the rules. Chris is going to be asked 10 questions, and we will only be able to take his first answer. So if he kind of ums and ahs and then answers, that's fine. But if he answers then ums and ahs, that's not fine. Um, he's going to have 60 seconds to answer as many as he can and for every single question he gets right he's going to get 10 points but if he does manage to get through them all any seconds left will be added onto his total so the objective here is to just try and get through them you know if you're not sure about an answer just skip it try not to dwell on it too long I think we saw last episode that um, you know if you if you if it's like kind of there and then you don't get it that's a massive loss of time yeah I think you've got mm. probably you've got a decent amount of time per question but you don't want to dwell on anything too much yeah definitely not um so as everyone knows the questions will range from a, a wide variety of topics from within the world of final fantasy so yes we had some questions from dirgis cerberus our our favorite series <laughs> our favorite franchise um and we like to keep things harsh but fair definitely okay so currently top of the leaderboard is Arvis, and he scored 70 points, which is the seven correct answers. Um, and to remind everyone, the person who's top at the end of the year will receive a nice present from us here at Final Fantasy Union. Yes. So I think we're pretty much ready to go. Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Lauren, <laughs> start the clock. Sorry. Which game was released first, Final Fantasy VIII or Final Fantasy VII? Uh, seven. Name one member of Avalanche. Uh, Barrett. To the nearest thousand, how much health points did Ozma have? Ooh, um, nine, nine, ninety thousand, nine hundred thousand. What weapon does Wacker use? Ah, uh, pass. What is the Final Fantasy XIV 2.0 subtitle? Pass. What consoles is Final Fantasy Type Zero releasing on in the West? Uh, cell phones. What are limit breaks called in Final Fantasy XII? Pass. Who is the voice actor for Snow Villiers? Uh, pass. What is the world in which Final Fantasy X is set called? Uh, Valhalla. Who is set to be the protagonist in Final Fantasy XV? 
pass. That's all the questions. Oh. And you did have, I think, two seconds left at the end. So yeah, that's it. How do you think you did? Uh, I think maybe I got, you know, maybe three, two or three in there. Well, I think we're going to go up to Lauren and she's going to let you know how you did. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, you got uh, two right out of a hundred, but with your additional... Out of a hundred? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> two right. So I don't remember sorry. asking that many questions. <laughs> two right out of ten, two right out of ten. So that, that's uh, 20 points, but then you also had two seconds left over, so that's 22 points total. Um, the questions that you got wrong were um, how many points does um, Ozma have? Uh, how many HP points? Um, you guessed something like 90,000, and it was actually 56,000. Yes, the Final Fantasy IX bosses all have quite low hit points. Mm. So I think he has 55,660 or something. Mm. Um, and the next question was, um, which weapon does Waka use? You passed, and it was a blitz ball. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. I actually had a... When you said Waka, I got confused about who you were talking about, but now that I hear you say it again, yeah. <laughs> it's always a problem. You're just like, damn it. Yeah. But um, uh, the next question was, what was the sub-name of Final Fantasy XIV 2.0? It was uh, A Realm Reborn. Yeah. Um, number six, which platforms will Type-0 be released on PS4 and Xbox One? Yes, I think you were getting a bit confused with Agito. Mm. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, because they announced both of them at the same time as like a dual package, and Agito is going to be coming out on the iPhone and Android, whereas Type Zero is coming out on the PS4 and Xbox One. Uh. Darn those mobile games. Yeah. Um, number seven, uh, which was the limit break in Final Fantasy Twelve that was missed? Quick, uh, missed. Quickenings can't even say it. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because I think Final Fantasy XII, uh, like quickenings weren't actually that useful. Either. <laughs> I don't remember them being that useful. Um, the next one, which was uh, the voice actor who portrayed Snow um, in Final Fantasy XIII, that was Troy Baker. Troy Baker, the new Node on North. Yeah, I just heard that the other day too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one, um, what is the world in which Final Fantasy X is called? And that is uh, Spira, and I think you said Valhalla. Yes, oh, Valhalla okay. is uh, part of Final Fantasy XIII. Mm. Oh, okay. And then the last one is, who is set to be the protagonist of Final Fantasy XV? And that is Noctis. Noctis. Mm. Uh. Who won our character battle for some yes. silly reason. Of course, he was the originally the protagonist in Versus 13, mm. which has been upgraded to 15. Yes. So, hearing that back, how many do you think you should have got? Like, how many, hearing back, do you think, uh, um, yep, I knew that. I Waka, for sure, because I just replayed 10 not that long ago. Um, and Realm Reborn, I could have gotten that one. Um, that's I Just those four, though. Like, the other ones I had no idea about. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's always hard when you're put on the spot, yeah. and also because like you have so many years of like just games, don't you? Like yeah, I mean I, I'm it's definitely hard. like the, like from ten back, I'm definitely much more familiar with. From ten on, I'm not as familiar with. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes the questions quite interesting from my perspective because obviously the the newer games are more recent, so it should be fresher in your memory. Assuming you've played them. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely played them all. Um, mm. Although I actually didn't play the Lightning Returns, but I did play 13, you know, and then 13 too. But 
I didn't play 14. Like, I actually played WoW. I didn't play the Final Fantasy Online Ooh, games. Boo hiss. <laughs> I know, blasphemy. But those games, man, I, I definitely couldn't do two MMOs at the same time. Yeah. yeah no, that would just be your life. Yeah, pretty that's, much. Yeah, that's just, yeah. <laughs> that would. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I think it's just because, like, when we were kids, uh, when we were like uh, first playing these games, we had so much more time to sort of like focus on them. I think, like especially for me at least, it's been harder for me to remember <laughs> remember too much of the itty bitty parts because I'll be playing it while like working. <laughs> yeah, doing three other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. Well, if you're looking to take part in the Final Fantasy quiz, please send us a tweet at, at FFUnion, a message on Facebook, or just comment on the website. Um, and if you do this, Lauren will get in touch with you at random, mm. and you will get a chance to show everyone why you think you're the Final Fantasy Euro. And believe me, and Chris will tell you, it's not as easy as you think. Mm. No, it's tough. Good questions, guys. <laughs> oh, right, thanks thank for you. taking part, Chris. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. So welcome back, everyone. Thanks a lot for uh, Chris for taking part again in the quiz. Uh, it's a shame you didn't do better, but, you know, that's just what happens. It's, it's the luck of the draw. Yeah. Sometimes it, you get questions you can answer. Sometimes you don't. And sometimes it's, okay. it's just too nerve-wracking. It is. It's tough to be on the spot. Mm. It is. Brandon, you're up next. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh boy. Uh, first trivia question. How many polygons does Lightning have in Final Fantasy Thirteen? 13,000. I do know that. That is true. There you true go. facts. There you, you go. You can find that on the internet. We can't that use is that your question snapple, now. <laughs> your snapple fact for the yeah. day. Thanks, Brandon. You got oh, it. Geez. Well, we're now going to go on to the music segment, and uh, we haven't actually featured a song from OC Remix for a while, um, and unfortunately it's another Final Fantasy VII song, so sorry if you despise the soundtrack, but it's one of my favorite tracks from Final Fantasy VII, actually. It's um, Launching a Dream to the Sky, which does have other names. I think Sending a Dream to Universe or something like that as well. Um, which is basically the theme that plays when Sid's going up into space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Um, The arrangement title is Captain of the Skies, and it's arranged by Zach Parrish. So hopefully you enjoy that at the end of the episode. Sid is pretty badass. He is badass. Mm. It's a badass scene, but it also... He's a badass with a heart of gold, and that Mm. scene just tries to tug at your heartstrings. Sit down and drink your goddamn tea. (laughs) Well, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 22nd of July, and you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. If you just search for Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts, we are number one. Yay! Still. We're Still beating not. all you 14 people. Yeah! Yeah! And all those Kingdom Hearts shows. Yeah! Yeah! Same! And, of course, you can catch every episode at FinalFantasyUnion.com, along with all our news coverage, which is being spanned up by Lauren. By the way, I'm totally kidding. I, I don't I don't really mean to be so so rude about my happiness about being number one. Yes, we are very supportive of all other Final Fantasy podcasts. Yeah. As as Jack Tretton once said, now that he's not with Sony, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. It's good for everybody to do good. Yeah. <laughs> There's my little E3 quote of the day you just from like last so year. so gentle saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you should think about being the next Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, it's time for you guys to say goodbye. Bye-bye. Oh, oh, goodbye, guys. This was so much fun to be on Final Fantasy. See see you guys in two weeks. Yep, you can catch Brandon in two weeks on Kingdom Hearts Union. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a tweaks.com and FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs>